Danzig. And I'm Hannah Hampton, and you're listening to HR After Hours. Well, launch my rocket and call me Maurice. <laughs> How the heck are you today, Hannah Hampton? Oh, I'm doing great. I, I really enjoy talking to you. <laughs> How are you doing today? You know, I'm pretty good, but I've got a um, a case of grinds my gears that I got to share with you. Oh. Uh, so you know what really grinds my gears? What grinds your gears? Is when I go out to brunch with my family. So I'm out at a really nice restaurant for brunch last weekend to celebrate my son's birthday. Aww. And my son and his fiance and Mrs. Danzig were all there. And we're having this nice brunch. And something about the podcast came up. Everyone stopped for a second. And it was like they had pre-planned it, which wasn't the case. But it was just comically perfect as far as timing. And my son goes, you know, that Hannah Hampton is friggin' hilarious, Dad. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I'm like, that's why I do it with her. You know, it's, you know, that's why we do our podcast. And my wife's like, yeah, she gets you sometimes. I'm telling you, I just love it listening to her. And she is just great. And then even my son's fiance, who's relatively quiet at these type of gatherings, turns and goes, that fucking Hannah Hampton is hilarious. And I'm sitting here going, you know, I'm on that podcast too. And they're like, yeah, yeah, but we talk to you all the time. Not, We never get to talk to her. We miss her, blah, blah, blah. So apparently... My family loves you and could care less if I'm around unless I'm going to pick up the tab. Well, I am blushing. I know you can't hear it, but thank you. That uh, that means a lot to me, and I certainly appreciate that they get my humor. So uh, to the Danzig family, I love you, too. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, well, then you can buy him Christmas presents this year. <laughs> All right, well, I know we have a lot to cover today, yeah. and I understand, Hannah, that you have uh, some little HR news. Yes, it's just an update. I feel, you know, I know, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are are on top of their game, but I like to send out little reminders and messages just to do my duty in the HR world. Uh, but this is actually for uh, folks in the United States, because I think it's really exciting that uh, Mick, we have listeners that are outside of the U.S. So anybody outside of the U.S., hello. Thank you for listening. Drop us a line. Let us know how you found us. And certainly I, I'd love to hear more about that. But this is a, a this is a note for those who work in the U.S. So as I'm sure you guys are aware, there's going to be there's a new W-4 coming out for 2020. So just keep your eyes out. Actually, the, the final form is not out there yet. There is a draft that the government has published for people to review, but it's it's there's big changes from the past W-4. So I think it's really important that people take some time to learn about it, understand what's going to happen, and prepare for that. Your payroll provider, if you use one, uh, may already be in the works, but if, if you uh, don't have a payroll provider doing things differently, you need to go out there and, and check out the new W-4. There's changes uh the allowances uh number of allowances that's been eliminated the marital status status box is changing uh there's additional lines for um, additions to income and itemized and other deductions that's changing there's a line for tax credits and there's a, a new line about uh household income due to multiple jobs so if you work more than one place so they've made a lot of changes to the form so just get out there 
take a look and see what's out there uh, on the draft form. Look at your payroll, payroll practices and make sure that you're prepared for 2020. Well, that's outstanding. Thanks for sharing that update. I can't wait to see how awesome and amazing and informative my family tells me you were when it comes <laughs> to the new W-4. I just like to do uh, do my job and at least giving you some useful knowledge when maybe some of the other things I share may not be. <laughs> well, you heard it here first, folks. Once again, Farner, Farmer Hannah Hampton, outstanding in her field. <laughs> so, Hannah, I had a little bit of a a little bit of an occurrence this week that made me think of a topic that you and I have discussed before. Yeah. Um, so I was working with a company that had a an immediate uh, hiring need, and as I was going through uh, the different uh, requirements of this position, et cetera, um, he said, you know what, let's hold off on this position, Mick, because there's someone that's worked for us before that he's he'd be interested in coming back to the company. And I really want to look into that further before I make a decision to start looking externally. I am not a big fan hmm. of rehires or, you know, boomerang associates, yeah. as you've referred, because you're hipper and trendier than I am. <laughs> uh, because in some of the industries that I've recruited for, when we were breaking down turnover and attrition, specifically zero to 12 month turnover, we had actually discovered that a, a, a insanely disproportionate amount of the zero to 12 turnover were rehires. Oh, so I actually went into a company where they did seem to have a revolving door policy mm -hmm. that I actually uh, greatly reduced the amount of rehires to reduce attrition. And it was met favorably by mm -hmm. upper management because the numbers did seem to support what I was doing. But I noticed that the associates were starting to get frustrated and they almost felt like we were turning our backs on anyone that had ever worked at us before. And I would have almost once a week uh, someone come in and plead their case uh, and show their frustration in the fact that I would not rehire their friend or former colleague. Mm -hmm. And I know you've actually had uh, the complete opposite. So yeah. tell me your thoughts on boomerangs. Well, I, I'd say it's, I feel like it's, it, it's probably more industry specific where, you know, it, I, I feel like it really truly depends on your reasoning why you'd rehire somebody. Now, I feel that why I encourage boomerang employees is that sometimes people need to leave. They need to try something different. Maybe it's because the, the company that your company might have been their first job uh, out of college or out of trade school or whatever it might be. So they need to see what else is out there to experience the professional world. So I think sometimes it's good because they have that different perspective and sometimes they go out there to learn new skills. And if they miss the culture, miss the people, can come back bringing that new information, that fresh perspective, that those new skills, and they can bring that to your environment, which I think is a good thing. Now, on the flip side, you want to make sure you're not just you're not allowing a revolving door for everybody. You want to make sure that the people that you do bring back are a, are a great fit within the company and say maybe it's somebody that everyone missed working with. Um, but I'd say 
make sure that you're also interviewing people. I don't think that it's one of those things where you just open the door and let people back. Make sure you're still having an interview process. You're still posting the position because you want to make sure that you're finding the best person for the role. And maybe that February employee isn't the best. So it's, it's one of those things where I say, yes, I encourage it. I think it's a great thing, but you still want to be mindful on the people that you're hiring slash rehiring into the company. So uh, it's one of those things, again, I support it as long as you're just not turning it into like, hey, you can come back here. You don't have to interview. You don't have to do anything. Uh, I think that's wrong. I, I still think that they you should go out there and see what else is out there. But I think that rehires can be a great resource. And I even think that the company should create alumni groups. So where you are still interacting, you're still keeping in touch with those former employees because as companies grow and change and uh, people get out there and they grow and change, it, it could be a good kind of refit. So I'm a big fan of it. I'm a big fan of staying in touch with former employees. I also encourage that alumni group, maybe get on LinkedIn and ha create a, a group for everyone to join so you can keep in touch, maybe uh, creating social events around it, having a night of you know, appetizers and, uh, you know, maybe maybe cocktails or mocktails, you know, doing what you can to stay in touch with people, because that's just networking is, is, is where we're going nowadays. And even if you don't bring them back, they might know great people to join your company. So I think from a, a recruiting perspective, a talent perspective, uh, keeping in touch with those former employees, maybe even boomeranging them is a good thing. I agree with you as far as staying in touch, especially with those that you were sorry to see go. Right. right? Um, I just get very nervous about the halo effect. And mm -hmm. especially if you as the hiring manager or HR manager weren't there when that person worked for the company, you, if you don't investigate, you're only going to hear the good things, right? Oh, yeah, Susan was the best. Everyone loved working with her. She got everyone excited, you know, and everyone seemed to work their hardest for Susan. And then you go and you investigate and you find the people that reported to Susan and they're like, yeah, we worked really hard because she threatened us with our day, our job on a daily <laughs> basis. You're like, okay, um, well, let me go back with that information. So yeah. you definitely want to investigate on your own from multiple people, don't not just the person bringing them to your attention. Mm -hmm. And um, you got to make sure it's not just a knee-jerk reaction to a new opening. I was going to bring up what you beautifully uh, and so eloquently stated as far <laughs> as they need to be interviewed uh, just like an external candidate, because you want to make sure that they really want this job and that they want to be here long term, not just something that they're miserable right. where they are. They know the job, so they think they can do it. Because I've actually, I had it to the point where all final, all rehires had to go through a final interview with me and the um, regional vice president or director of operations, and we had to agree. And I say that and you create those policies and ultimately if they decide they can, you know, obviously outvote you. You can't just take someone's word for it. You need to investigate. You need to make sure they're there for the right reasons, that they want to be there long term, that they do have something to contribute, right? Mm -hmm. That, like you said, the ones that go out and learn more and become better skilled or better leaders, and that they were they left on good terms in the first place. Those are the people you obviously want to bring back. Absolutely. You know? But mm -hmm. you know the one answer I received 
many times uh, in multiple industries. And I was just like, are you kidding me? This is your reason. They're like, well, they left because they couldn't get along with this department manager. But that person was kind of hard to get along with anyway, and they're no longer here. So we should bring them back. Yeah, I don't that that is not the reason to bring somebody back. I feel like there's, you know, there's got to be the business reason. And, you know, you just I I take it, you know, it's this is one of those things where you take it, um, you know, one at a time, like each each case is individual. And I think it's really cool. You know, here's the other thing to think about you. If you are creating a really great work culture and a great place to work, people are going to want to come back. And even if they don't want to come back and they leave, they'll get the word out that you're a great place to work. You're a great company. And that's also a good thing. So I would say, you know, treat it everything on a case by case basis, but also be, you know, still do the correct process, interview people, make sure it's a right fit, make sure it's the best candidate. But I think that boomerang employees can be great for an organization. I think you should make it a point to designate that as someone that you want to seek out, mm-hmm. um, you know, that you obviously, if you aren't already on LinkedIn and shame on you, if you aren't on LinkedIn with your current uh, team, but that you stay in contact via, you know, the professional social media groups and that you seek out maybe if they're going to attend similar, the same conferences as you, but it should really be someone that shouldn't be a surprise that you're even talking to them as a rehire. And I think if you approach it that way, then maybe that's that's something to look at. And I, I've, I've never heard of these alumni groups, so yeah. I, I like that. And there are definitely industries where your approach makes a lot more sense. And, you know, we've brought it up multiple times. You're in the tech industry. Um, and I do believe that is an industry that has – you know, shorter tenure and position because there Mm -hmm. are new opportunities that come out up. There's a chance to be a part of a startup or take on projects for a while. And those are also uh, the candidates that have flexibility due to their, their talent and skill set to do things like take a, a project in Silicon Valley or overseas for six to 12 months. That's a once in a lifetime opportunity that you really can't hold that against them. But mm-hmm. those are the ones I think you should be proactive in in having those type of relationships that you would look at. But if it's someone that you have to go, eh, yeah, I don't know. We've interviewed a few people and we really haven't seen anyone better than that person. I think you're just setting yourself up for failure and future turnover. No, I 100% agree with that. You can't, you, you don't want it to be your easy out. Oh, this is an easy, you know, this is just an easy thing to do. Like it has to be the right person, has to be the right fit. I do have a personal story. I was, I was working almost towards being a boomerang employee. And here, this is really interesting. So my first job out of college, and I know we talked about kind of our histories, uh, in a previous podcast, but I was in the sales world before I got into human resources. And I actually, the first job I had out of college, you know, I had left many years ago and I applied for an HR position within the uh, department, the sales department. They were looking for a sales HR business partner and I applied and they liked the fact that I had actually worked on the sales team because it was a way that people would be able to uh, really connect with me because I had done that job. And granted, it had been many, many years since I'd been in the sales role, but they had told me, they're like, we liked that you had that experience 
because you could connect with the team. So I was totally interviewing for a different job in a totally different department, uh, you know, but within, you know, within the, the sales team, but in an HR, in the, in the HR position, I know I just totally flubbed that one. But anyways, I thought it was pretty cool. And I did, I liked the culture. I liked the company itself, but for me, uh, being in sales wasn't the right career fit, which is the reason that I left. So I, I thought that was a pretty cool, almost boomerang story, but I ended up uh, taking the job that I'm at now, which I'm extremely happy and glad I did. But hey, you know, it's one of those things where if you build that good rapport with your with, with your employees, if they leave still respecting your brand, 10, 15 years down the line, you could still have another great employee who's got a wealth of experience under them. I, I guess that, that that's a good point. I have a, a really terrible rehire story I'll tell very quickly before we close up. Um, I was actually, when I was working with a logistics company, I was uh, working with the recruiting team and we were hosting an open house event because it was to prepare for peak season. And there was a candidate who I had turned down for rehire. It was someone that couldn't get in on time, long history. I looked at all his write-ups. I was just like, this is this is a no brainer, no. And so he came into this walk-in hiring event mm -hmm. and walked up to my table. You know, Ooh. how dare you? You don't even know me. Um, I mean, really everything that came out of his mouth reinforced my decision um, <laughs> not to bring him on board. So I, I looked at him and I didn't interrupt him and I let him, you know, cause I felt like, you know, sometimes it's just better to let people get it all out, you know, because if you cut them short and, and say, Oh, easy there killer or whatever, <laughs> it's just a, it's a conflict um, escalator. And, um, but I, I just calmly emotionlessly let him get it out of the system. And I noticed this look of just, anger come across his face and he turns beat red and for a moment i really thought my safety was at risk Ooh, that's and scary. i noticed him fixate on something and then quiet take a couple deep breaths and quietly um just excuse himself and finally left what i didn't realize is he had noticed my 85 pound Akita uh, <laughs> walked over to my table um, and stare at him. And uh, basically the only thing I think that prevented this gentleman, and I'm using that term very loosely, from taking a swing at me wow. is that my dog was giving him the stare down. Well, thank goodness for your doggy. That's right. Prince Maximilian, protector of McDanzig. Well, oh my goodness, Hannah, I've got a thing. So that's all the time we have for today. Okay, before you go, tell everyone how they can reach us. Absolutely, Hannah Hampton. Well, first <laughs> off, they can reach out to us via Twitter. So send us a tweet. Remember, Twitter does not police for adult content. We're at oh. HR underscore hours. Or if you're feeling a little more PG-13, check us out on Instagram at HR After Hours. And both of those sites, we do post things almost daily. So there's a little fun and a little, a little distraction from work there. And of course, you can shoot us an email at hrafterhoursmail at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you guys. So until next time.